What's up, everybody? This is Jalen Short, aka Head Honcho, and I am back with episode 14 of the Head Honcho Sports Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about yesterday's game between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. And we're going to be talking about the game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to move to the NBA. And we're going to be talking about how the Chicago Bulls may have an, a, COVID, a COVID outbreak within their facilities. And we're going to be talking about who won the Heisman. Bryce Young won the Heisman. And um, we're going to be talking about the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant's performance last night. And we're going to be talking about Steph Curry's record breaking performance tonight i'm saying it here he's gonna break the record tonight so we're gonna be touching on that later but first my chicago bears against the green bay packers um i just don't want to say anything that that's gonna be too harsh i don't want to say anything that's gonna be too harsh the first half of the game, it was a tale of two halves. First half of the game for the Chicago Bears, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on. Matter of fact, I'll just get the Green Bay Packers out of the way and their stats and how they played. Green Bay won the game 45 to 30. Aaron Rodgers, 27 for, 29 for 37, 341 yards, four touchdowns. A.J. Dillon, 15 carries for 71 yards. Aaron Jones, five carries for 35 yards and one touchdown. Devontae Adams, 10 receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns. Green Bay started off slow, didn't really have a great first half, didn't really do Green Bay things in that first half. Matt LaFleur, he was kind of, I believe he was kind of a little thrown off by the intensity the Bears came out with. And he had to, he had to take some time to adjust to the game and, and get the flow of the game. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, got up to a slow start. But ultimately, the Green Bay Packers, they're a great team. They made adjustments in the second half, and they turned the game around, and they ultimately won the game because of those adjustments. And great teams like that, that's what they do. They're known for making adjustments. They're known for their head coach seeing things, seeing different things at halftime and coming out and basically changing, changing up the game plan to throw the opposing team off and that's exactly what they did Chicago we came we came out in the second half a little last of days ago we were up 27-21 at half um, and Aaron Rodgers just put it on us ultimately he just did everything he wanted to do in the second half I believe he didn't want to lose to the Chicago Bears obviously after that first game of, of saying he owns us he definitely didn't want to lose this game And you could tell by the way he came out in the second half. But back to the first half for the Chicago Bears. Um, We had a great first half. I honestly, and and almost every Chicago Bears fan will tell you this, they were not expecting that first half from the Chicago Bears at all. I was not expecting anything like that. I was honestly believing that we were going to score in the entire game. I believe we were going to score that amount of points in the entire game. I thought we were going to be under 27 or under 24 the entire game, but we scored 27 in the first half. So, and, and we scored 24 alone in the second quarter. So that was great for us. Um, 
Justin Fields, 18 for 33, 224 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He also added nine carries for 74 yards. David Montgomery, 10 carries for 42 yards. Demir Bird, two receptions for 76 yards and one touchdown. This is by far his best Bears game. Um, Jakeem Grant, one reception for 46 yards and one touchdown. He also added a 97-yard punt return touchdown in the first half. And um, like I said, it was a tale of two halves. First half, amazing. We came out ready to play. And I like that. I, I loved seeing that from us. Came out ready to go against our division rivals. And we've been rivals for almost 100 years now. It's, it's, it's a real rivalry. And I love that we came out and treated it as such. So with that being said, I just believe, well, I wanted us to carry that over to the second half, but obviously that didn't happen. But that goes back to Green Bay just making adjustments and making sure that we didn't get as many opportunities as we got in the first half. And ultimately, that's on our head coach, Matt Nagy. You guys know how I feel about him. The whole second half, he made no adjustments, literally no adjustments. And I believe that this is probably going to be his last game playing the Green Bay Packers as a head coach for the Chicago Bears. And there were some plays and there were some decisions in the second half. I remember one of them. He punted the ball on, I believe, our 40 or our 40 yard line or something like that, or our 36 yard line or something like that. And I'm excuse me, on the Green Bay, on the Green Bay 36 yard line. And it was, I think it was fourth and inches or fourth and one, if I can remember correctly. And he didn't go for it. That's one decision. Second decision, we were down, I believe. 18 in the fourth quarter or 18 yeah 18 in the fourth quarter or the third quarter I don't know which one and he decides to kick a field goal rather than go for it on fourth and one or fourth and inches or something like that those kind of decisions right there he's playing to not lose the game he's playing in a scary way he's not playing to go all out throw all of its eggs in the basket and just say whatever happens happens I would rather I would much rather him play like that and game plan like that rather than him playing to not make mistakes. And that's the problem. At this point, we have nothing to lose. We're four and nine as of yesterday. We have nothing to lose. Probably not gonna make the playoffs, obviously. Nothing to lose. Just go for it. Dude, go for it. What do you have to lose? Why do you not understand that? Once everyone sees that you want to go for things like that and want to score the ball and have this mentality of whatever happens, happens, and just laying it all out there on the line, people are going to recognize that and see, okay, he at least he's trying. You're not even trying, Matt Nagy. You're not trying to do anything. You're literally just going with what you know and what you know is not great for this football team. And that's why you're not going to be the head coach next season. So it all goes back to how Ryan Pace set up this team and how Matt Nagy just doesn't want to change his philosophy 
because it's always one thing and one thing only for him. So I have no clue where the Bears go from this. Obviously, Matt Nagy's going to be fired. Ryan Pace, I believe he needs to go as well. We just need a revamped front office, a new head coach. Chris Tabor, excellent job on special teams. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, I believe he deserves, if Matt Nagy were to get fired today, he deserves to be the head coach. Excellent job. I love Chris Tabor. But we just need a revamped vibe, so to speak. For lack of a better word, we need a revamped vibe in the locker room, in the head coach's room, in the front office. There needs to be a belief that we're going to be a great team. There isn't belief right now. There are a lot of questions. There are a lot of concerns going around the organization. And that's our problem. And that's that has been our problem for the last maybe three, four years. So, like I said, we're going to see what happens. Every Chicago Bears fan wants Matt Nagy out. I believe he's going to be fired. We'll just see how that goes. Next, moving on. I almost got a headache from talking about the Bears, but moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won in overtime against the Buffalo Bills, 33-27. Tom Brady. 31 for 46, 363 yards, two touchdowns. He pat in that game, two great feats for Tom Brady. Passed Drew Brees for most completions in NFL history. Also, he threw his 700, 700 passing touchdown. That was crazy to me. The guy is 40 something years old. He's an old man, still playing football at a high level. It's crazy to me. Leonard Fournette. He's come alive later in the season. 19 carries for 113 yards, one touchdown. Chris Godwin, 10 receptions for 105 yards. Mike Evans, six receptions, 91 yards, one touchdown. Rashad Perryman, game-winning touchdown in overtime. He only had that one reception for the entire game, which was, which was for 58 yards. Like I said, that was a game-winner. Tampa Bay played a complete game. Tom Brady said going into this game, it's almost like a Super Bowl kind of game. It's almost like a, a, lot, of, a lot on the line. He said this was going to be one of the the toughest games of their season, and he played like it. And his teammates said in practice, you know, you can see the intensity rising for Tom Brady. You can see that he was more locked in this week than any other week. Um, And that's because Buffalo Buffalo is is a great team. I I honestly, at the beginning of this season, I honestly thought they were going to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's looking, it's not really looking like that now, but they were definitely my pick to come out of the AFC this season. But um, like I said, they haven't been really playing like it. They lost two in a row. Last week, they lost against the Patriots. And they lost three of the last four. So um, in that game, in the, Buff- in the Tampa Bay game, Josh Allen, 36 for 54, 308 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also had 12 carries for 109 yards and one touchdown. Um, Stephon Diggs, seven receptions for 74 yards. Buffalo... Like I said, they're a great team. They're a great team. They play great. They play the right way. Um, and their offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, it's almost as if it's a fault, but it's not really a fault because Josh Allen is that great. Josh Allen is 6'5", 6'6", 250 pounds. He's a big guy, big quarterback, two, 255 pounds almost. A big guy. He's, a, he's very big for a quarterback. And I understand Brian Dable wants the ball in his hands almost all game but 
you know, when you have a lot of playmakers on your team, it's 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 almost questionable to see that you don't want the ball in anyone else's hands. You have Stefan Diggs, one of the best wide receivers in the game. And I thought they should have went to him a little more or at least tried to go to him a little more. But um, things happen, obviously. Um, you know, so Brian Dable, he didn't really want the ball, like I said, in anyone else's hands. That's why he was running the ball with Josh Allen, passing the ball. He wanted Josh Allen to control the pace of the game and control that game and take them home. It almost happened. It honestly did. But I think that was one of his faults. But it may not be a fault, like I said, just because of Josh Allen and the way he's just so great. So, um, like I said, we're going to see how the how Buffalo plays the rest of the season. I think they have a tough schedule, a really tough schedule coming up. But next week, they have the Panthers. And they have the Patriots again the week after that. So um, they're going to get back on track, I believe. Next, we're going to be talking about Chicago Bulls. They might have a COVID outbreak in their facilities. Um, Among those who have tested positive for COVID, the coach, Billy Donovan, he said that those guys are having mild symptoms, not really severe symptoms, just mild symptoms. And some of those guys are asymptomatic. Um... I believe there were 10 players who tested positive for COVID on the Chicago Bears roster. They only have nine players available for tomorrow's game against Detroit at home. Um, and it's and I honestly thought that the NBA were gonna, was going to you know postpone some games or cancel some games for the Chicago Bulls, but that didn't happen. Um, and hopefully those guys can get ready, get back to how we were playing, get back to get back healthy first and foremost forget about playing they I, I, I just want them to get rid of that covid and you know be ultimately be healthy and be the best version of themselves for for themselves and for their families so like i said once once the once the the covid clears and once guys start coming back, Zach Levine's out, DeMar DeRozan, there are a lot of guys out. Like I said, it's almost 10 players, I believe. So once those guys come back, it's going to be it's going to be great for us, obviously, and we're going to get back to the Chicago Bulls basketball. Next, Bryce Young. He won the Heisman this weekend. Um, I honestly believe he should have won it just because of that performance against Georgia. He was outstanding against Georgia and that performance against um, Auburn. They came back and won that game at Auburn um, he's one of the best young quarterbacks one of the best freshmen I've ever seen at like playing quarterback and as far as his him being poised and him being so relaxed he is almost as if he, he's done it before and that's what I love about him he doesn't gloat he doesn't complain goes out there and gets it done for Alabama and Nick Saban I believe that's the one that's the biggest reason why he recruited him and the biggest reason why he wanted him on his roster just because of how he carries himself and among those Heisman, the Heisman finalists, um, they, I believe they, they, they could make a case for, for, you know, winning the Heisman. CJ Shroud from Ohio State played great all season, but that game against Michigan, that was crazy. Um, Michigan dominated the whole game dominated 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 the entire game and TJ Shroud he really didn't have an answer so 
And the defense side of the ball for Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson, that was a finalist. Um, he's he's been great all season. I believe I believe he was second in voting for the Heisman. And Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, the fake slide guy, that that play was crazy. Um, I've never seen that before. Someone do a fake slide, but Kenny Pickett, he was one of the finalists. And ultimately, Bryce Young won it. And like I said, I believe Bryce Young deserved it because of those two performances against Georgia and Auburn. So he's the first quarterback in Alabama history to win the Heisman. Back-to-back Heisman winners for Alabama um, with Devontae Smith winning it last year. So they're going to be looking to... They already repeated the Heisman winners and they're going to be looking to repeat for the national champions. So we're going to see how that goes for Alabama. I believe that they will repeat to be the national champions. So we'll see what takes place in January. Um, Next... Brooklyn Nets, Detroit Pistons last night. Brooklyn won that game 116-104. Kevin Durant, outstanding. I'm going to get to him. I have a whole spiel about Kevin Durant, man. He's crazy. 51 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Patty Mills added 18 points. Cam Thomas added 13 points off the bench. Man. um, Detroit... They're a tough team. Cade and KD were going back and forth. Cade, he has to earn people's respect. Cade has really been, I believe he hasn't really found his footing yet in the NBA. He's obviously he's going to find it, but he hasn't really gotten there yet. He had 26 points, eight rebounds, six assists. So he's getting there, like I said. But Kevin Durant, man, where do I even start, man? He's just crazy, bro. Like he's not even, I, he's not, He's not human. He played like he wasn't human last night. 51, 9, and 7. That's why he's the best player in the world. He's been the best player in the world for our last five years, four years, really, if we're being honest. Um, seven feet, basically a guard, has a handle, can shoot over anyone. No one can guard him. It's not even fair anymore. Honestly, it's not fair. He's he's just so polished. And he's just, it's its such a big gap between Kevin Durant and the next best player. Like, it's such a big gap. He's just that great. A seven-footer like that, that can do, that can move as well as he moves off of an Achilles injury. Still moving the way he wants to move, still getting to his spots, still shooting over people. It's not really fair. And the top five in the NBA right now in my opinion, would be Kevin Durant first, a huge gap, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, LeBron James. Top five in the NBA right now. And there are a lot of guys following that. Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Paul George, all those guys, they follow. They're right there. Luka Doncic is in there too. But as of right now, like I said, going back to Kevin Durant, he's just such a great player, bro. He's not even like from this planet. The stuff he does, spin moves, off the dribble, hezzies between the legs, shooting three ball. He willed his team to a win. James Harden didn't play last night, so Kevin Durant had to have a big game, obviously. But the 50s now in this NBA are going to be like the 50s. They're going to turn into the 50s back then. 
back in the 2000s. Just because of the refs this year are swallowing their whistles more. They're not really calling the ticky-tack fouls. They're not really... Players can't really manipulate the defenders into, into going to the free throw line. So the 50s are going to become more difficult. And you're only going to really be seeing the top-tier guys go, go for 50 and 45s and 55s. You're going to only see the top-tier guys do that. And you've seen one last night. He's the top of the top, cream of the crop, best player in the world, not even close. Um, and next, that goes right into my next discussion. Him and Steph. Steph has seven threes. He's seven threes away from breaking Ray Allen's all-time three-point record. And I believe he's going to break it tonight in Indiana. He needs seven. I believe he's going to make either eight or nine. Or he's going to make exactly seven to break it. Or at least he's going to tie it. So, we're going to see how that goes. Philly played him tough. They didn't. They obviously didn't want him to break it in Philly on the road. So... I believe he's going to break it tonight against Indiana. Indiana, they're an okay defensive team, but Steph is sometimes just too much. He's just a lot to handle. He's always moving, and he just makes difficult shots. He can pull up from 40, 40 feet, so it's just tough to, to watch him and to always know where he's at on the court. And Steph is, I would say he's the most entertaining player right now, but He's the closest to Kevin Durant, and it's not really even close. Steph is just so tough because of his shot-making ability and the way he moves and his and his endurance and his conditioning. Like I said, always moving, coming off of screens, ball handling, gets to the rim, and Golden State has a great game plan around him that it makes it, it seamless. Everyone is moving. Andrew Wiggins is playing the best he's ever played just because of the fact that Steph Curry is just making shots and keeping everyone on their toes. Draymond Green playing that point guard role, excuse me, point forward role, and Golden State is back in contention to win the championship this year when when Clay comes back. So I believe they're gonna they're gonna either contend for the Western Conference Championship or they're gonna win it. Either one. It's not really it's not really even a discussion as far as Golden State and especially when Clay come, comes back. Um, but yeah. And like I said, Kevin Durant, it's just we all thought Giannis was the best player when he won the chip, but it's still Kevin Durant, obviously. Um, so with that being said, this is the end of episode 14 of the Hey Honcho Sports Podcast. I believe I will be, if Steph Curry breaks the record tonight, I will post a video on YouTube about that, talking about that and detailing what his record is and how many threes he made and all of those things. I will be doing, I will be making a video about that tomorrow. If he, if he breaks the record tonight, I will make a video tomorrow. So please be looking out for that on my YouTube channel. Same thing as this at Headhunter Sports Podcast. So this is the end of episode 14. I will see you guys in episode 15.